The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a crown vic. Oh, hey there. Welcome to the Very Poorly Made Police Memes Podcast. The podcast where regular cops get a voice, except when they don't, when I want to talk about other shit, which is today. This a uh, little different podcast than you guys are probably used to from me. I uh, I try to do a real podcast. We'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see what you guys think. I thought I'd try my hand at a little more topic-based stuff. So I had my good friend Ben from Thoughts of a Patrol Officer come on, and then I also had my good friend in well-known, poorly-made police memes celebrity lawyer, Silent Bob, come on. And uh, the topics we really discuss are payouts from uh, cities to criminals after a justified use of force. And I don't think, uh, as far as from the cop side, the quote-unquote outrage, as much as I hate to use that word, like, I mean, we all kind of know, right? Like, it's things we joke about and make memes about. But uh, we sat down, had a discussion about it, talked about two shootings, and uh, just kind of gave our takes on it. And, and I'll be honest, I learned, even though all three of us are kind of like-minded dudes, we all had a little bit different per- perspective. So I learned some new information that I didn't know. So it was a it was a good chat. I think you guys will enjoy it. Top it off with the uh, World War Three talk, which, you know, we all kind of gave our opinions on some of the stuff going on there. So I, uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Again, a little different than normal. But before we get going, I want to give a special thanks to the sponsor of this podcast who makes it all possible. And that's my good friend over at Spectre Build. Spectre Builds is an LEO-owned 3D printing service startup. And they also have some pre-made products available through their Etsy store, which I, uh, I bought one for me and my kids as they have a, they had a little baby Grogu that was fucking really cool. So good stuff. I can attest they have high quality product. And there's going to be a special running through March 9th of this year. Use Spectre PMPM for 25% off. You can find the store through the direct link of SpectreBuildsStore.com if you wish to support, but don't want to purchase anything right now you can support through their patreon do some you can order something custom and go through their email and i will have all of those links in the podcast description otherwise go check them out on the social media twitter instagram all that good stuff because you can check out time lapse videos progress on the current multi-matter printer upgrade and new products and services so go check those guys out i hope it's not coming through but i uh it's been nice the last couple days i've been cooped up in the fucking house for it seems like months so I go out on the trail with my kid, and uh, I'm like, ah, oh, this is fucking great. And then I remembered fucking allergies. So I apologize if I'm a little more nasally than usual. God, man, I uh, 
I never had them when I was younger, but once I hit my 30s, every fucking spring and fall, I just get fucked by the allergies, but it is what it is, man. Pop a Claritin, good to go. Uh, brief update on the poorly made weight loss challenge. From the last podcast where I reported, I am down three pounds, a total of 16.6, so we're moving in the right direction, Just good. Still a fat piece of shit, but hey, it's progress. Now, before we get to the band, I just want to talk briefly about some upcoming podcasts. A... Blue Falcon Court. I'd like for that to happen again. So if you have an issue with a coworker, you want to come on and have fun and talk about it, email me, DM me, all that good stuff. The second thing is I kind of have an idea for a podcast, like police type advice. And to give you an example, uh, I had a question come in where some guy's like, hey, what do you think about how long I should have on a department before I lateral to another department? Which is interesting. There's probably several different thoughts on that. And what I'd like to do for those is give people the opportunity to call in. Uh, the plan is sometime in the end of the month, I will have my good friend Ben, Thoughts of Patrol Officer, come on the podcast and we'll have the ability for people to zoom in and ask us questions. Or email me, DM me questions, I'll put it on the list and we can talk about it. But I think it would be entertaining and it'd be a lot better to get all the information if I had you right in front of me. So if you're interested and you can record the night we're recording, which I'm still hammering that out, you'll have an opportunity to come on. Just let me know. All right, with that said, let's get to our band. And we made it back to my good friends over in Florida, Enceladus, which I may or may not have pronounced right. Enceladus is a progressive death metal band from West Palm Beach, Florida. The bass player is a 14-year LEO and currently a sergeant over training in K9 at a local PD. If you're into bands like Gochira and Mudvayne, then Enceladus is right up your alley. And I think they're going to have some new music coming out soon. So, And in the meantime, let's listen to their song, Omega. Rumors surfaced that the military was test-flying recovered alien craft at a secret government base known as Area 51. All right, now the moment you've been waiting for, or maybe haven't been waiting for, because I'm going to try a real podcast today, because we're going to actually talk about real shit. I have my good friend, Ben, from Thoughts of a Patrol Officer. My good friend, Silent Bob, uh, our resident lawyer on Poorly Made Police Memes. Is that an accurate way to put you, buddy? I was going to say, I'm going to start a video chat called Thoughts of a Wiener Lawyer. (laughs) I like it. You know what was scary before we started recording and we were kind of going over some stuff is, uh, God, it's going to be confusing, Ben and Bob, but I'll, I'll make it through it. But Ben called me the leader on this, and that fucking really terrified me. So you guys are fucked. It, it's scary to think that I'm following you, too. But I don't know. It is what it is. I'm doing it blindly and with gusto. And I like booze. it. Do you guys want to hear You guys want to hear a, a leadership story? Because that's totally related to what we're talking about. Give it a shot. Don't say yes all at once. So do you guys remember Up With People? Is, are they still around? Do you remember that group that go around like schools and sung and dance and shit and told you not to do bad shit? I don't remember. Yeah. We graduated in different decades. That's probably true. But Bob very much remembers that based on where Bob grew up. So go okay. on. Okay. So you know what I'm talking about. So before the little concert, they uh, they came into the classrooms and they were you know coming and talking to us. And they did this thing where they're like, all right, I want everyone that's a leader 
to go to the left side of the room and everyone that's a follower go to the right side of the room. I was the only motherfucker that went to the right side of the room. <laughs> so Here we are. you guys are fucked. Here, here's what we're going to talk about today is uh, I was fired up about a week or two ago and I hit these two dudes up and asked them to be on my podcast. I really get uh, my Jimmy's rustled when cities pay out the families of shit bags. And I don't care if anybody gets offended and takes us out of context later because most of the people are getting paid out of shit bags. The one that really irked me because I've kind of familiar with the case and no, I didn't work for Colorado Springs PD is uh, the Devon Bailey shooting. Now, if you haven't heard about that, that was in 2019. And basically the police got a call about a personal robbery. They contact this dude. He matched the description. They go to pat him down. Dude runs and is reaching for his waistband. And they, they shot him in the back. How can you shoot this poor boy in the back? Somebody think of the children. And uh, of course, it's completely fucking out of context. And um, we're going to turn it to our good friend, the donut operator. Uh, he did a really good breakdown on the shooting. And I'm just going to play some audio from his video. So if you're not familiar with the case, this is basically the information that the cops got when they came up. Call from a man, the victim, who said... So walking down the street, there's these two black guys. One of them has a gun. They approach me. They're, like, what's in your pocket? And, like, I'm basically, like, at first, like, I was startled. So I really was, like, nothing. But I didn't say, like, out of fear or nothing. Then they, like, then one of the guys started hitting me, and I fall down to the ground. Another guy pulls out the gun, and he's like, you better tell me what's in your pocket. And... Like, from there, you know, I just kind of, like, told him, like, I really didn't have nothing. I had a couple dollars on me. They took that. Um, he also said... And what type of gun? Um, I don't know. It was, like, a Glock 23, something like that. It okay. was definitely a Glock. Okay. And where are the weapons now? They're on the people who did this to me. This right here kind of tells dispatchers that it probably wasn't a, a black stick shaped like a gun. That it wasn't an object that looks like a gun. The victim got so close to the gun that he could tell what kind of gun it might have been. That's a big clue that, hey, they probably do have a gun. The caller also described the suspects pretty well. Start with one of them. What, uh, one's black, he's skinny, he has a mustache, okay. a white afro. There's one that's like kind of overweight, his name is Lawrence. Officers were then dispatched to a robbery with a weapon. You just got the info for a robbery with a weapon, 2438 East Fountain Boulevard, Terrace Gardens. It was a personal robbery. Any unit, basically? Yeah, I calling in saying that the suspect had hit them and take, uh, took the wallet. Suspect had guns at the location, was headed down the street. In regards to the robbery, just be advised it was a black male, thin build. With a afro, no further description. Suspect one is going to be a black male, approximately six feet tall, white afro, and a goatee. Um, lives by the Rosewood Apartments. Nickname is Baz. Uh, second suspect is a heavier black male with short hair, uh, approximately 190 pounds. Uh, no clothing descriptions on the site. Dispatch made it clear that the suspects did possibly have a weapon and gave out a pretty good description of them. Sergeant Vantland is the first to arrive on scene with Officer Evanson right beside him. 
Hey guys, can I talk to you a sec? Okay, so I cut out where I cut out because most of that is going to be visual. You need, you need to see all that stuff. So the next thing that happened is cop gets out, and I thought very calmly for the situation, comes out and says, hey, and you talk to you guys, were you involved with some kind of assault, which the call was a robbery, but he said some kind of assault. And Mr. Bailey says, I didn't hit him or something along those lines. The cops say, hey, got some information that the parties are armed or that you guys may be armed. We're just going to make sure you guys don't have any weapons. One of the cops goes in to pat down Mr. Bailey. He takes off running and immediately, in my humble opinion, what I saw, reaching for his waistband, doing all kinds of funky shit. And within a couple seconds, uh, the cops shot him. Now, both of you guys, and I'll start with Ben, you guys are familiar with that case. Do you have any issues with that shoot? No, I've watched the video a bunch of times and I don't have any issues with it at all. It, they they got a call. They found someone that matched the description. They were acting suspiciously when they came in contact with them. Um, when the officer tried to make some kind of physical contact with them, the guy created distance and the officer saw what he was, what I would describe as a furtive movement and um, responded with lethal force. And the guy had a, a weapon on him. So there was to me, there was no issue with that. Uh, what did you think, Ben? Or I'm sorry. What did you think, Bob? <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with any of that. The, here's the hard part. And I think we talked about this a little bit. I wish more people, everybody's an armchair expert when it comes to this stuff. And you guys did this way more than me. I play cop once a week. It is eye-opening how quick these decisions need to be made and how you have no choice but to react to what others are doing in certain circumstances. And I wish there's no substitute for how fast that goes until you're in it. And I wish more people understood that. And this is a legal term. If they don't understand that, I kind of wish they'd just shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, and I lived in Colorado at the time. And, and the big thing when that first came out is the body camera wasn't available. And it was just like somebody's, uh, you know, Nest camera or whatever. And it caught it. And it, it basically looked, oh, they just shot him in the back when he was running away, which on the body camera is very clear that he's reaching for his waistband. And to kind of build on what you guys are saying, I don't believe the police should wait to find out if the guy's going to point the gun at you or not. That's fucking ridiculous. No, it's it's literally something that we train on. Um, and there was there was just so many danger cues in that situation that people who aren't police officers aren't aware of or wouldn't necessarily pick up on. And that's the reason that those people tend to get shot more in those situations. If that I mean, maybe that's not the most appropriate way to say it, but it is. There was a ton of danger cues there and the officer was correct um and then i also i want to talk about somebody that's fleeing with a firearm that turns around and shoots there's this misconception that uh and i even addressed it in a i addressed it in an op-ed that i responded to online but um this woman said that someone who has their back to you and is running from you is not a threat and they don't deserve any use of force well i have a buddy who walks with a limp because he lost um, like a quarter inch of his femur because somebody that he was chasing 
just blindly reached back with a gun, popped off around and smashed his femur, uh, leaving him collapsed on the ground, vulnerable for, you know, anything else that might happen. Um, I'm pretty sure that he would disagree that someone running away is not is not a threat. And who knows, like two seconds later, this kid could have been firing on the officers. Oh, absolutely. And for science really does a great job of explaining this stuff. And I wish they were more on the forefront of all this stuff. You know, I wish when police departments and, and I will give Colorado Springs credit, at least in my knowledge, I, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but the Springs police have pretty much said since the, uh, the onset, like this was good. There was not an issue with this at all. And even the, uh, the mayor and, and Bob, correct me, but he was the attorney general for the state of Colorado for a while. Right. John Struthers. Yes. Even the mayor was like, hey, the cops did nothing wrong kind of deal. In my opinion, being a cop in Colorado, there was no issue with that, right? That's what exactly what we're trained to do. You have a right to defend yourself. He's a fleeing felon, all that good stuff. Now, the other part of this, and I don't like to um, convict somebody essentially before they're convicted. This guy was on El Paso County's most wanted before the shooting for a sex assault in a, for a person in, in a position of trust. That's a pretty bad deal. And I've read some of the details on that and it was fucked up. You don't find that shit. Like if you search that dude's name in a shooting, it's not there. You have to dig or the fact that the gun that he had on him was stolen. You don't fucking hear that shit. And what gets frustrating for me is, and it's going to kind of tie into everything we're going to talk about on this podcast is there's just information is hidden from you. Like we never get the full picture of what happens. And I don't think the public, even the public that maybe thinks the cops are wrong, they're not getting the full information. And I feel like the news media is deceitful on purpose. Am I off base? I think you're hundred percent on. And one of the reasons that um, when I was looking at this, the articles that I chose to read about this subject more on were uh, from NPR because NPR is one of those organizations that will routinely frame stuff in a way that they will leave out key details and very carefully pick the words they use to describe the situation to in your mind's eye, it paints a different picture. And it, it's now there's even stuff like you just mentioned. I didn't realize he had a stolen firearm on him. I didn't realize he had a warrant for some kind of sexual assault or whatever that that crime was um that they they do that and it's 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 similar to what they did with michael brown and stuff too it made it sound like the officer just picked him as some random guy and then just executed him when he was on his knees which clearly isn't what happened and these stories keep repeating themselves and they're making martyrs out of people that shouldn't be martyrs like there should be a consensus that, hey, you know what? The, this isn't the guy we're going to stand up for. Like, we we deal with that as police officers. Like, I don't think anybody in the country, any well, there were some, but it was very rare and few and far between, that were standing behind Derek Chauvin. Nobody was saying, oh, you know what? He's being unfairly treated, like, blah, blah, blah. No, everyone was like, oh, man, he, he fucked up. Like, he fucked up bad. Uh, I think everybody was in agreement with that. And these these stories are... The complete opposite um and i it's unfortunate bob do you have any thoughts on that i mean i'm glad you brought up chauvin because i 
I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind, right? And nobody, same thing. I didn't talk to a single cop who said what happened there was justified. And when all that stuff was popping off, my thought was, what are we doing? Everybody agrees that was not the right way to handle that situation. Nobody's trained to do that. Nobody's disagreeing that that was bad. Why are we burning shit down? But I think the the primary issue we have is that nobody wants to let all the facts out. It's It permeates every aspect of our society, right? Making a murderer that quote-unquote documentary, they left a bunch of stuff out because they were making an argument and it was fairly one-sided. There's a whole lot of issues with that, but they were trying to make a point. All these cop shootings are the same way. When the Chauvin incident came out, I remember thinking to myself, I'm tired of news media sanitizing facts and telling people what to believe based on what sells or what is the flavor of the month issue that carries the day. Right now, it's anything bad cop sells, right? So that's what they want to promote. But I remember when that snippet first came out, I spent a lot of time online looking because I'm like, why were they on the ground in the first place? I don't think you're going to get to a point where his behavior being Chauvin's was justified in any way. But show us the entire video and let us make that decision for ourselves. Why are you only showing the period starting from a certain point? Show the whole thing. We just, as a society, get treated like stupid morons who can't make our own decisions. And we're not given facts. We're given limited facts in the opinions we should formulate from that. And it's obnoxious. And people really need to start asking more questions other than just taking what they get from the media at face value. Sorry, that was a long, annoyed rant, but it drives me crazy. No, I, I think you were right on. And let me add on to that one bit, and not to disagree, but I, I feel like as a society, we've gotten so used to like, just give me the headline, give it to me now, and then that's it. I, I would argue that a lot of people in society don't dig deeper. They basically scream and yell about whatever it is, but they don't actually listen to what, is the intricate part of whatever the detail is. And this is not really related to this, but it kind of is. And I, I watched this video and I'm not going to get into transgender things, but it, it made a point where this guy was out on the street and he said, Hey, what do you think about um, transgender people in women's sports? Oh yeah, I think it's great. Well, do you think it's unfair to the women that are disadvantaged because, it, because this person has you know extra hormones or whatever? I don't know the science things. And the person like paused like they'd never fucking heard that before. And it, I just found that incredible that it's a very common rebuttal. Yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's just crazy that I think. And that's the other thing, too, is as a guy that encourages people to go out and not be on the phone all the time and shit like that. I think sometimes that is people are just so busy living their lives that they get upset with these things, but they only see the snippet that the news tells you, which you were talking about. So I don't well, know. It's, it's fucked. It's because people only read headlines because they're scrolling because they're scrolling through social media and they see this headline and they're like, oh, that sounds like shit. And then they just scroll and then they see the next headline. So the only thing they have in their head is a, a scroll of headlines and the headlines are all, you know, meant to make you believe a certain thing or make you feel a certain way. And that's they don't they don't actually ever read the they don't even read the story enough to realize how biased the story is. Because they only read the headlines. And I always refer to that as, I call them bumper sticker analysis, right? That's all. People see the catchphrase that'll fit on a bumper sticker. And that 
ends their thought process. They don't go any deeper than that. And that's the real problem. I don't care if I agree with you or not. I want to know the why. And most people now in today's society, they don't want to figure out the why. Exactly. Now, to dive back into Mr. Bailey's case. So the cops were cleared by the DA. They were actually cleared federally, too. And they were cleared by the Department of No Wrongdoing. I read something the other day in those familiar with Colorado is uh, King Polis was asked to order the uh, attorney general to do an independent investigation. And he even chose not to. I will just state for everybody, the millions of people listening to this, the fact that the AG in Colorado is not following up on this speaks unbelievable volumes because not the biggest friend of police. Oh, no, not at all. Basically, Paul has put in there some, you know, the family needs to heal and all this stuff. And I'm just like, okay, here's where I'm going to go off on a tangent. Look, it's sad that he's 19 19 years old and he's dead, right? He's 19. I have a kid that's 12. I can't imagine in seven years him being gone. But with that said, we have to fucking, as a society, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, but take fucking responsibility right why aren't we fucking teaching people hey look you don't like the fucking cops you think they're doing you wrong okay everything's recorded right now especially now there's no excuse now everything's recorded if the cop violated your rights it'll be recorded there's never a fucking message hey don't run from the cops hey don't reach for your waistband when the cops think you're armed there's why aren't we doing PSAs on that? We do fucking TikToks about whatever dumb shit, but we're not doing PSAs on that. Why isn't that information out there? You know why it's not out there? It's because they don't fucking want it out there because they want this shit repeated over and over and over again because that's what they fucking want. Or that's at least what I think. Well, I am not so sure that people aren't being told that, but they apply it at the wrong times because how many times have you uh and bob you can pretend that you have experience with this um how many times have you been like you you got someone in a car and you they're like yeah i don't have a license you're like okay tell you what go ahead and turn the car off and step out of the car or whatever you're like give me your give me your state id and they're like no no i'm not reaching i'm not reaching you're gonna shoot me and then you're like fine don't reach I'll open the door, go ahead and step out. And they're like, no, you're going to find a reason to fucking shoot me. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not reaching. I'm not running. And it's like, come on. No, you, this is one of concede, those situations. I will concede you are right about that. But I guess, and maybe I should be more articulate like you. I mean, from like mainstream sources, I've never once fucking saw that in the news. I've never once fucking seen that on a PIO page or like, you know what? Do a fucking TikTok about not reaching to your fucking pants or you're going to get smoked. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know because it's it's probably more complicated than that. I, I would also say that if you're if the police are trying to stop you for possibly committing a violent felony offense, <laughs> don't reach into your pockets and don't run uh, because running in itself does because here's the rebuttal. They'll say, oh, he was killed for reaching into his pants for his I.D. or they'll say. He wasn't doing anything. The officers had no right to stop him. So he ran and he was killed for exercising his rights to not talk to the police. It's like, well, you know, I'm not saying that you're going to get killed if you run. I'm saying if they're stopping you for possibly committing a violent offense that you most likely did, did commit, 
that's the time not to run. That's the time not to reach in your pockets. Um, what was the one where the guy was all he was doing, all he was doing was selling the CDs in front of the business or whatever, oh. and he's literally reaching for the fucking was gun it, in his pocket? It wasn't John, it wasn't Sterling. That was the guy in New York. I, oh. Yeah. Yeah. But he was he was wrestling with the officers and he was like 400 pounds and he literally had his hand on the firearm in his pocket trying to get it out. And they said that he got executed for selling bootleg CDs. Yeah. You know what? I I got to say there's a special place in hell for the people that put that kind of information out that they know are manipulating minds. Mhm. A special fucking place in hell because you're getting more people hurt than actually helping them. I'm just just throwing it out there yeah so i think you were right i think it was alton sterling if i'm right oh yeah i think that's the name yeah so so with mr bailey his family just recently and this is why this came up is three million dollars three million dollars paid to the family so there's this thing where i feel like maybe and you guys tell me if i'm off base do you think maybe people are encouraged like hey if you fight and put up a fight or whatever you could get paid for it. I mean, maybe that's a conspiracy. Maybe I got like a tinfoil hat on. I don't know. But you see all these people getting all these fucking payouts and you're like, well, shit. That's I can do that. Or am I like way off base? No, and I'm not I, saying that was true in this case. I'm just saying in other cases. I think that there's a couple of good reasons that people in these situations fight hard. Um, one, if there's a crowd, they're doing it for the notoriety and the fame. Not everybody, but there's a good portion of people that do. And there's also a good number of people who have been taught because this information has been reinforced to them over and over and over again throughout their entire life that if they pitch a big enough fit, they will get free from whatever it is that they're doing because their parents and people when they were kids did not want to deal with their temper tantrums. So they just let them have whatever they want. Um, I don't know. Is, is this a bad time to go on a tangent? No, this is a um, tangent zone. Go for it, buddy. Yeah. So I had one. This is years ago. This is probably six, seven years ago. I was driving the wagon and uh, we're, we're driving down a, a major six lane street in the inner city. And uh, this little kid, probably 12 or 13 years old, comes running out and gets in front of the wagon with his hands up screaming at us. So we, I mean, I have to stop. And I, first I start yelling at this kid and he's, he's screaming. He's like, someone's after me. We look over and sure as shit, some other guy comes running after him. So we hop out, we leave the wagon in the middle of the road. Um, my partner grabs this kid and takes him over to the sidewalk, starts talking to him. I grab the guy that's running at the kid. The guy that's running at him is just not making a bit of sense at all. He's just screaming. He's like, this kid pulled a knife on me. He attacked me. He tried to cut me, blah, blah, blah. Then my partner looks, I look over at my partner and this little boy has like an eight inch knife in his hand. It's a fixed blade knife. And uh, my partner's talking to him. What happened was the guy, the, the adult pulled this little kid into a dark corner of an alley, pulled this knife out of him and said, you're going to suck my dick or I'm going to cut your throat with this knife. And this freaking 12 year old took the knife from the, from the adult and dipped and ran. And then the adult was there trying to play the victim card. Um, we ended up, you know, securing them both, talk to the detectives, talk to the detectives, like, you know what, bring them both up. We'll talk to them, blah, blah, blah. So when 
the suspect in this case realized that he was going to be taken up to headquarters. He instantly, he was already in cuffs. He was standing up, threw himself on the ground, started flopping around, started acting. You know, there's that, the way people talk when they're deaf, that, that tongue, very tongue worthy speaking. He started doing that screaming. I'm deaf. I'm deaf. I'm deaf. I can't understand flopping around like a fish. People got out their cell phones and started recording us. And they were like, let him go. Let him go. It was, it was freaking horrible. You know, I'm so glad that, that, that video never went viral. We, he was so bad. We got him to headquarters. Um, We had to put him in a wheelchair and handcuff him to the wheelchair in order to wheel him up to the interview room. He squirmed so much. He broke the wheelchair and then he took a piss in the interview room. Um, But that's just, it's, it's one, it's kind of an extreme example, but it's something I actually experienced where this guy really has gotten away with everything he's ever done in his life because he acts so absurd when he's caught. And a lot of these people do similar things to that. And I think they're, they're trying to martyr themselves, but not die for the fame, or they're simply just trying to get free. And they think that that's a good way to do it. You know, at what point does it become embarrassing? I don't I don't know because people have been doing this shit for so long. You would think like somebody within the community would be like, hey, let's yeah, this is embarrassing. No, they, but they don't. don't, but no. they don't. They do the shit like you fucking said is everybody starts recording. Hey, let him go. You guys are beating him up and they have no context of what happened and that this guy's a fucking pedo. Those are my two cents on that part of the subject, though. So we've we've gone on some tangents, but so three million dollars to pay out which is to me is fucking incredible and and the victims now are the the fucking citizens of colorado springs that have to pay this and you know all that shit because you're not you get the money from the people that in the community right like it's not fucking free money it's it's (laughs) coming from the community somehow or another the city council voted seven to two to pay out and this article which i I, the polis polis thing was from uh it basically quoted one of the city council members in the meeting saying, look, the United States doesn't fucking pay money to people that are, you know, trying to extort them. Why are Mm. we doing it? Which I was like, holy fuck, I can't believe he said that. Good for him. And Southers, the mayor, was kind of on the same page. But he said, hey, look, uh, the insurance company might not cover it if it goes to trial. This is going to be basically the cheapest way for the city is to basically pay out this money. So and the whole premise of that is so fucked up to me. Don't get me wrong. As a former agent of the government, I fucking hate the government. But, and so I do believe that there is a time and a place like, yeah, the fucking government, fuck you, fucking sue them. But then you also have to realize who's paying the price on that, right? Eventually, you know, maybe even your own children because it's like play money with the government anyway, but for the federal government, at least. So I don't necessarily have an issue. There has to be like this fine line, like when you can sue for things and when you can't. It's like the McDonald's thing, like the lady fucking got the hot coffee and spilled it and fucking sued or whatever. It's kind of like that same shit, but it's like everything's so magnified because that's it's like easy money. So this is where I'm going to have my good friend Bob come in. And because I asked him like, hey, you're a smart lawyer, smarter than me. Make sense of why these cities pay out. So. Each one is different, and let's just start with the automatic premise that most city councils are comprised of politicians who don't know a goddamn thing and are giant pussies. Um, I mean, we have to start there, right? That is what it is. 
I, I don't know a more delicate way to say it. Um, but in when we discuss accuracy, and this comes up in jury selection all the time, so I have to address it. The lady in the McDonald's case actually got super fucked up and almost died. And the reason she got paid out is they found out that McDonald's had been warned over a hundred times that their coffee was at way too high of a temperature and that it was injuring people and they ignored it. So that's why she actually had to get skin grafts in her throat and literally almost died. It was, we talk about the media being honest in one direction. It's got to be honest in both, right? So that's another thing that gets people leave out facts and it gets co-opted. So I just wanted to clear the record on that because everybody uses that example. Well, now, fuck me then. <laughs> Thanks for clearing the air. I'll own it if so, I'm wrong. No, and nobody knows that because it's the same thing, right? Like I had to look that up. Because Dude, I'm like, seriously guilty of what I just accused everybody of. But everybody does it, but at least... It's important to acknowledge it and realize that we all get fed bullshit. And at some point you got to wake up and think whether it's left, right or center, it's all bullshit. Right. I don't yeah. know. That's just how I feel. About no, it's, it's all bullshit. It is all bullshit. Literally all of it's bullshit. But continue. So a lot of these lawsuits, here's the issue that people have to realize. And you both can tell me to shut up at any time. And also, Ben, shut I up. have been on that traffic spot when people are reaching into shit dick and i'm only saying that because you have to get on a plane to kick my ass and i have time to hide before you get here um so when it comes to lawsuits there's a whole lot of factors that come into play where liability or fault are i don't want to say irrelevant but they're not the primary consideration so Anybody in the United States can sue for almost anything, and the chances of you getting sanctioned or anything else are pretty small because risk comes into play, right? So here's the problem. In some jurisdictions now, depending on where you're at, based on legislation that is passed, I talked to several lawyers who specialize in handing, handling these types of cases once we knew we were going to do this, and I sought them out and wanted to get their opinions. And a lot of what they said track with what happens in my world. And I'll give you kind of a different example outside of the cop context, because I think it's more relatable to relate it to other areas of the stupid profession I chose to dedicate my life to. So one of the primary issues now with new legislation in some states, what the law now says is if there's a finding by a jury that you either used excessive force or fail to intervene, that your certification is going to be revoked, which means you'll never be able to work as a peace officer again. Not only will it be revoked, in some states, you can never even apply to get it back. So, for instance, I may have gone to trial in a past case where the lawyer on the other side had served time in federal prison for stealing from clients. He was able to get disbarred, take the bar exam again, and get readmitted to practice law, right? Does that sound fucked up to anybody else? Yeah. Defund but, the lawyers. Yeah. So, but if you're a cop and there's a finding, you can't even reapply. So part of the calculus is risk financially if for municipalities, governments, or the attorneys hired to represent them by the municipalities or governments. Part of it's just straight risk in this political climate of are we going to get launched on a verdict just because cops are on one side? That is a very fair analysis that has to be taken into account. 
The second step that people are telling me is, we know this cop did not do a damn thing wrong. However, if these politically charged asinine juries make a finding one way on either failure to intervene or use of force, this cop is going to lose his livelihood and fail to be able to provide for his family or her family. What it comes down to in some circumstances, these lawyers are like, you know, we're getting a lot more buy-in from cops now because we think this is total horseshit, but this is the only way we can guarantee them that they are going to be able to continue to work in their profession and stay employed. And that's not a minor consideration. Um, when you add into that the sheer amount of litigation that goes into these things, I tried a case once. It was a stupid accident, but... Uh, my client may or may not have hit a paddy wagon with a prisoner in the back. Okay. The prisoner awesome. in the back sued, yeah, sued the deputies driving the vehicle, but also sued my guy. Now, the cop had to go all the way through halfway through trial before getting dismissed. And just, I mean, this is a stupid personal injury case, basically. The attorney's fees just to get to that point that the plaintiff was going to be on the hook for if they didn't release the officer from the trial was over $80,000. So Man, I picked the money, wrong job. Yeah. yeah, it's freaking ridiculous. But those cases go on for like two years and some firms build the shit out of stuff. Um, but it's. All that stuff comes into play. So we settle cases all the time where I'm like, my client didn't do anything wrong, but the insurance carrier is like, I either, and I'm, the numbers, you just add zeros or subtract zeros on the size of the case, but it's the same evaluation. And that is the risk is X and I can either pay $50,000 to defend this case, or I can get out for 25,000. We're going to pay 25000 to get out, save the money on defending it, and we lose the risk of a possible verdict going to astronomical levels, especially when you got to consider that the juries you're dealing with are the exact population that we were talking about that just looks at the bumper sticker analysis and can't look at anything on a deep level. And right now, love it or not, anti-cop sentiment is pretty high and it's it's volatile you can't you can't count on people believing the full story they might just have natural animosity and you might get launched so it's all stuff that factors in the part that i didn't quite realize is that right now it's changed under the new laws to protecting the officers jobs and their certifications even when they did nothing wrong and sometimes the only way to 100% guarantee that is to pay. What state you know, are you talking about? Colorado. Okay. That, is that the thing with the certifications? That's a part of a new Colorado law? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A law wow. that passed. Because I we don't have Colorado. If you if a jury. Yeah. If a jury finds that you used excessive force, I'll make it even more fucked up for both. And they're of doing you. it. And tell me what you think about this reform. Because police yeah, are the problem, buddy. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so here's the real problem with that. And this is where there's a lot of gray area and politicians don't understand. 
So you can get your certification yanked if a jury finds you used excessive force. And do most jurors understand what that really means? No. no. Here's the second problem. The statute in Colorado says there's a duty to intervene, right? But it doesn't define what intervention is. So does intervention mean I have to say, hey, stop it. They're in custody. You don't need to do anything else. Is just verbal intervention. The statute doesn't say. Um, in the Chauvin case, is me just saying, hey, stop it. Is that enough to intervene? Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Or do I have to physically yank you off of somebody and restrain you or fight you? Is that defined as intervention? That has to go through the appellate process. So somebody's got to be a guinea pig. A cop's got to get arrested just using verbal um, verbal statements to get somebody to, to calm down and intervene. And then that's got to go up to the Supreme Court so that they can decide, is that appropriate intervention under the statute or not? You know who wants to be the test case for that? Fucking nobody. <laughs> well, that was the thing going through my head when you were talking about this. I'm like, yeah, that's law now as long as it stands until it gets challenged but someone's got to be there's going to be that test case where someone gets absolutely hosed why did i leave colorado Hmm. yeah (laughs) they spent like years fighting this case and taking it to the supreme court to yeah you you win but geez how much you give up in the meantime it's insane well yeah and i mean look at it i mean the other person you had on the podcast right look at the dangerous case out of california how much did he spend to get acquitted? And he's still dealing with that shit. Yeah. And I, mean, I just shared something the other day. Cheap. She'll fucking give him some money so he can get his job back. I started doing OnlyFans just to benefit that case. <laughs> um, can I share a little perspective that I had about this? Uh, as far yeah, as paying ahead, out? Because a lot of the stuff that you're saying that Bob is saying is um, kind of new to me. And this is new territory, too um because he's learning it too you can tell by the way you're talking about it i was on scene of a shooting a few years back and um it was i mean i have to go into a little bit of detail just to tell the story but this guy was either high out of his mind or having a severe mental episode um he was lived in an apartment complex was walking around carrying two very large butcher knives um knocked on this girl's door she was a young college student went into her apartment because she knew him. She opened the door and he just walked in speaking gibberish. Um, He started doing things with the knives, hadn't hurt her or anything yet. Somehow she ushered him outside, called 911. And while she was on the phone, he was using the knives, trying to get back into her apartment, banging on the door and trying to, the door was visibly damaged when the officers arrived. Officer arrives. He tries to cut the officer with one of the knives. He gets shot. Um, but was not down, um, took off running the officer seeing blood on the door and the damage to the door chose to, instead of giving pursuit, going to check on the resident. Um, this took probably three hours. He ended up getting shot and killed after officers found him in a hiding spot behind some air conditioning units with the knives. They attempted to tase him. Taser was unsuccessful, um, ended up shooting and killing him. I had to go and to get, I had to give a deposition. And afterwards I was speaking to the attorney for the city and he was talking about how this is a slam dunk. We're going to get through it. But he was telling me the reason that we pay out on some cases like this 
the main issue was they were trying to make the case that we that he had a mental illness and that we were treating him like a like he had a drug overdose which when you're in an excited state i don't know that matters but um the attorney was telling me the problem is sometimes these will go to trial and these large firms charge so much in legal fees that the jury will feel sympathy for the family and they'll issue a one dollar verdict now the media will say okay the family was issued a one dollar symbolic verdict but unfortunately the city just ended up paying like 10 million dollars in legal fees so they said that would be a reason that they would pay out in that case and sometimes early on they might say hey look we know this is going to be one of those ones that's going to rake up a lot of legal fees so let's just settle now to get out ahead of it i don't think that's necessarily the call of this situation with uh devon but that was the explanation i got for a lot of kind of our bs settlements from one of the actual city attorneys you know to jump on that I feel like that's kind of information that we've heard. You know, I've, I've kind of heard that through whispers like, oh, yeah, they just they pay out because it's cheaper, which if you look at it from a practical sense, it it makes sense. Right. But at the same time, it's fucking wrong. And, you know, we talk about the systems broken and all this shit. To me, that's fucking broken. That's fucking insanity that. But that's just kind of the way the legal system works. I mean, do you have anything to add to that, Bob? So. <sighs> I'm trying to figure out how to say this without sounding like an asshole. Most of the county attorneys and city attorneys that I've run across are, I don't want to say wussies, but I don't want to not say wussies. Um, I understand cost of litigation is high. If the city, your salary, if you work for the government, right, you can defend the case and it costs your salary. That's what it costs. So, I kind of think that's sometimes a cop out. I've dealt with situations where I know the facts and I'm talking to cops and frankly speaking, the government attorneys just completely wuss out. Um, but it's case by case. I'm not going to say that's every time. And I'm not going to say there are certain jurisdictions where they're not hard chargers who try case. Here's the, the other issue though, that that fails to take into consideration. And this is just general civil litigation stuff that most people don't know. So, I don't know. I'm just going to call you poorly made because I don't know what name you're going by on this. Uh, so we could go with my 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 most common fake name, which is Larry. All right, Larry. So let's say that Larry sues me um, because I hit Larry's car with my car. Larry sues me and he demands a hundred thousand dollars. And I say, Larry. We're going to file an offer with the court where I will pay you $20,000 to settle this case. And you tell me to screw off. We go to trial and the jury awards you $5,000. All right. So the way the law works, and this is all the BS that most people don't know. Jury awards you a judgment of $5,000. You get your costs on top of that, that you had to pay. So any witnesses you brought in subpoenas things of that nature so you get the verdict plus your cost plus interest from the date the incident happened that's by statute if all three of those do not exceed the offer i filed with the court ahead of time to you so if all three of those interest costs and the judgment don't exceed twenty thousand, you're paying all of my costs so 
I have had situations where we've made offers that were significant. Plaintiffs didn't beat it. And although the jury gave them a verdict and an award and, oh, good job, you won. At the end of the day, they write me a check. Because their brain hurts. Yeah. So (laughs) that's why it's kind of a convoluted mess. That's a douchey, long-winded lawyer way of saying you can win with a judgment, but still lose because you have to pay the other side's costs. There's a lot of maneuvering that goes on, so it's not that clear cut. So you can win a dollar, freaking good for you. If you got offered more than that, you might be paying all the other side's legal fees, and sometimes it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's why... Uh, medical malpractice cases, if lawyers pick the wrong case and take it to trial and lose, that closes law firm doors because they have to pay so much money back. I had no idea about that. That was the same thing I was trying to say, but I think I left that part out. Well, it's because you're an idiot. Yes, I am. Because I was saying like the city would have to pay this other law firm. They pay the family a buck, but the law law firm just made millions. And and it's also it's it's the thing that shows you how freaking shady these um these ACLU type lawyers are. They're they're dirty and it they're grimy and it aggravates me because they don't they don't give a shit about the family or the person that got killed. All they care about is making money. You want to know? So I actually got into an argument with a lawyer who sues cops that I know. And the funny thing was they were getting high and mighty and righteous with me about the kind of litigation that I do. And I said, that's funny because you only give a shit about people's rights when you get your 40% cut, because that's what lawyers typically take off the verdict, right? It's, oh, I'm sorry you lost your son. Here's my 40%. Cool. I'm going to go have a nice day now. Do you guys want a funny story about that, about how just hypocritical this bullshit is? Or No, let's go for it, buddy. Okay, so I was at a joint like plaintiffs, attorneys and defense attorney panel training thing. It was at a bar because that's how we rolled. That's what you do when you're a lawyer. And so there were like 50 or 60 lawyers there. It was a panel that's like a kumbaya, the other side's people too bullshit. So this plaintiff's lawyer got up and that's how they make their money, right? All those people you see on the bullshit TV ads, they don't care about your injuries. They want their 40% cut. That's whether they're suing cops, car accidents, whatever they're doing. That's how they make their money. So we're sitting in this panel and this douchebag of a lawyer is going on and on about how victims need a voice in court and he's only in it for the victims and everything else. And as he's like bleeding and crying on the podium about how self-righteous he is, Uh, one of the bartenders comes into the crowd and goes, I'm sorry, excuse me. Somebody's Tesla is about to get towed outside because you're double parked. And the sanctimonious self-righteous lawyer goes, oh, that's me. I'll be right back. And has to run out to move his $100,000 car that he got off of caring so deeply about victims and their compensation. It's all bullshit. I think we found the title of the podcast. It is all bullshit. <laughs> all right. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Triple I Solutions is owned and operated by Sean Pardesi, a.k.a. the Savvy Sheep. They provide specialized training in detecting smuggling, tradecraft, and, not 9 
countermeasures used by smugglers while driving loads across highways. Sean is a 27-year veteran in the field and specializes in delivering unique and in-depth courses to help enhance an officer's overall success by delivering personal experience. He's had extensive training and experience in the field of terrorism and interdiction training, human and in-depth behavioral analysis. He's the author of Smugglers, Inc. and the co-author of Evading Honesty, which are available at bookstores and Amazon. These courses and these books aren't available anywhere except through Triple I Solutions. So go check them out. I'll have the link in the podcast description. Unless you guys had anything else, I wanted to transition very briefly into the uh, the other incident I wanted to talk about, which hasn't paid out yet, of Dion K. But there was a finding in that case, though, right? There was, and I, I'm going to bring it up. So there's not a, a, a fancy donut operator shooting, which I fucked up the first time, but... There's no breakdown on that one. So here's basically what happened. And uh, you guys step in if you read it and I got some information wrong. But long story short is this guy, he's 18. He's riding around with some friends and they're posting on social media with guns. Washington, D.C. has this suppression team and they pay attention to social media and they say, hey, these dudes are riding around with guns and this is what the car looks like, which I think is fucking cool. That is some fucking proactive shit. I've never heard of such a thing. They, they track down this car. And they go to talk to these guys and immediately dude jumps out of the car and starts running. And if you watch the video, it's very clear. He has a handgun. He starts to raise it and the cop shoots him. There's some debate because the gun was like 90 feet from him. That was he throwing the gun at the time or, you know, maybe the, I don't know what happened exactly, but the guy clearly has a gun. And to me, again, it's clear as day as the other shooting. It's a totally justified shooting. Now, some there was a review of the shooting, and uh, let's see who did it. It was the office of the DC auditor, and they put in quote that it was a reasonable shooting, but the police squandered any opportunity to de escalate the situation, and the police officer unnecessarily placed himself. What the fuck? What do you think <laughs> fucking cops do, you stupid twats? Yeah. Well, and they say the reckless fuck? and didn't have a plan. Yeah. Like, what were they supposed to do? Is like call him up and be like, "Hey, dudes, um, you have a gun. I I want to talk to you about it." And w- again, what's shitty about the news article is that all that is probably out of context. I'd be really curious what that fucking report actually said, mm-hmm. or the news just found those fucking lines and went with it. Man, that just reminded me of something from the the previous case that I meant to bring up. Go for was it. that. The settlement was $3 million and uh, a line. Here's a paragraph says Colorado Springs city council approved $2.97 million settlement. Um, And the settlement also calls for anti-bias training for the department's officers in the department. These guys were responding directly to a call about a specific individual with a very specific description. And the person they found matched that description perfectly and this it's a, honestly like it doesn't get any better than that yeah and the settlement is calling for anti-bias training and i i can't think of any two subjects that are more unrelated to each other that oh it's all related it's all related oh, it cracks me up wake yourself yeah. up so so that's yeah. so you guys have some homework you need to go watch the uh, donut operator breakdown of the first one and then this case you can find the body camera just you know look up this kid's name so Look, again, it's very sad. It's an 18-year-old that died. But at the end of the day, I don't know about you guys, I would very much prefer if cops went home safe. 
am I off base with that? Should should the cop wait till the guy fucking fires around before he gets fucking shot? And that was honestly like when I left, that was my mindset. I was like, there's nobody else around. It's me and him. I'll let him fucking fire around because I don't want any question about it, which is awful. But you're starting to get fucking people. I'm just going to throw it out there. I feel like guys fucking hesitate because that's that's what cops are learning now is, well, we need to hesitate because we don't want to be involved in all this shit, which is fucking wrong. I remember you saying that in a previous podcast as well and it's really sad it is um, fucking sad man and like, did you guys do the thing in the like we had a very specific thing we did in the academy it was on day one and uh we walked into like the the defensive tactics room and they said the scenario will start on the whistle and we're looking at a guy with his back to us literally with a gun in his hand and we're sitting there with a duty belt on his very first day of the the academy we had zero experience and uh the whistle blows and i remember grabbing my gun saying drop it and he looks over his shoulder raises the gun and pulls the trigger you know 10 feet from my face and that was our training as uh look you see a guy with a gun you better have your gun on him and the second that that gun begins to raise you better be prepared to pull the trigger um and because your life <laughs> depends on it quite literally and like you said, people are starting to question it and they're, they're being told that they have to based on this kind of thing. And wasn't there a California law that was proposed that said the officers have to be shot upon before they can fire or something like that? It was one of those, and it might've been on LEO affairs that I saw it, but I, I don't, don't I don't remember, recall hearing that if somebody has that, you can send it to me, but it's just fucking ridiculous. And I know some places are better than others, but Again, I bring up for Science Institute because they do studies on all this shit. If a guy, a bad guy, bad guy, if somebody's made the decision to shoot you, they have that drop on you because you have to now perceive it, right? You have to fucking perceive that this guy, he, you see him raising his gun. He already has that advantage because now you have to raise your gun or shit. Maybe you have to unholster your gun. They have the drop on you. And I just, I wish that shit was out there. Like, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and I've trashed admin a lot on the podcast, and I'll continue to trash admin on the podcast is, so you have one of these shootings, and it's, you guys tell me if I'm off base. After like 24 hours, the police department knows, right? They draw these things out, but like, I think within 24 hours, usually the police department knows if it's going to be a good or bad shoot. Am I off base with that? Uh, I don't think the, I don't think the administration knows, but I think the people who are on scene definitely know. Okay, well, the people and, that are through the word people of mouth, investigating. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they know right away. I am, dude, I'm all for getting that fucking shit out right away. I, I don't, you know, some departments are still doing that where they hold on to the shit forever. Get it out because what's coming out is like the, like the, on Mr. Bailey's thing is you got that Nest camera that shows him getting shot in the back. And so nobody's going to go, go back and rewatch the body cameras. They've already made their decision on what happens. Be the first one to get the shit out there. That's my mm. two cents. I'm sure there's things that I'm not thinking about. Well, in some of it, the misinformation gets out so fast. Like um, there was a shooting in Columbus, Ohio, the Michaela Bryant shooting, if you remember. Uh, uh, LeBron female... said that was wrong. Yes, he did. And the um, I know for a fact the Columbus Police Department, I think the shooting happened at like three, four in the afternoon. And they released the video at like 8 p.m. that night. There was a press conference. Um, and it was that's why all the footage is like these multi screens that were all linked together. 
because the media all just videotaped the press conference. That was five hours. And the and that video that story made it all the way to LeBron to make a comment on it before it came out. I mean, fair point. I, I mean, the internet yeah, is is fast as fast. lightning. You know, the a lie, what is it? The lie can get twice around the globe before the truth has a chance to lace up its boots. Yeah, um, no, that's real. That's man, that was uh, that was deep. I like that. It was very intellectual. I think it's also uh what's his name? The guy I said earlier. Great. One that wrote Tom Square oh, and Huckberry Mark fan. Twain. Mark, Mark Twain. Twain. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all on the same page. Get it out as soon as possible. But I wish they would explain things. And and again, maybe they do, and we don't get that information. Maybe that shit is in the press conference, but you never see that part of the press conference. Hey, look, here's what the Force Science Institute says. It takes this long, you know, for a cop to react and blah, 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 blah. Maybe they do put that shit out there, but if they're not, they should be. This is like a free advertisement for Force Science. I should call them and see if they want to advertise on my podcast. But it is really good <laughs> shit. Because oh. they're getting free ads right now. Yeah. Hey, speaking of ads, and this no, is and totally that's... out of place. Okay. Do you guys want to hear my newest ad? Go for it. It's really good. And I'm keeping this in the podcast. I'm not editing out. Um, I'm really, really proud of this ad. Oh, hello there. Are you enjoying this elegant podcast? You're listening to this extremely well-produced podcast, sipping yingling out of a poorly made police memes pint glass, or sipping tea out of a PMPM mug. Of course, I must have on my poorly made police memes shirt and socks while making love to myself while listening to the podcast. You can be like me and purchase these items in the poorly made police memes teespring shop. Hmm. Good day, sir. So what do you guys think? Is that good? That's amazing. I'm so proud of that. I don't even care how bad you it better is. have I'm a so monocle, dude. I have a fucking monocle. It is <laughs> hanging up Atta in the boy. dungeon. I have a monocle. Me and uh, my old car partner, we had monocles, and then the what's the thing the pirates used to use? The periscope? Not a periscope. Oh. A monocular. Oh, the it's just a, a telescope. Monoscope or some shit. Yeah, yeah whatever. The, yeah, I, I whatever the pirates. Use. Yeah. This, this this sounds like an episode of people playing Pictionary all of a sudden. Yeah, it does. Okay, I don't even fucking know what we were talking about. But so the the uh, the K shooting. Do you guys do you guys watch that or looked into that a little bit? That was good shooting, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Bob, <laughs> I. We'll save this. And oh. normally I charge people for this, but I'm willing to give your millions of listeners this for free. I know how pro-education you are, and I will just point out that I spent four years in college, three years in law school, and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on my brain. Are you ready for this incredibly astute legal analysis of all of this? Drum roll. Sum it up in three words. Go fuck yourselves. That is my legal analysis. If people are armed with guns, not following directions and committing crimes, there's an inherent risk in that. And at the end of the day, the people doing the right thing, they should be the ones going home. And I'm tired of people defending bullshit criminal activity that endangers everyone. Suck it. That's my legal analysis. Sorry. You know, it reminds me very much of a point that I keep wanting to make in my videos. And I always forget it is that um, 
because people will say, well, he didn't deserve to die for that. And I'm like, no, but his death was reasonably foreseeable and nobody should act like they're surprised by this. Nobody should be outraged and be writing over this kind of activity. Again, and I'll bring up um, drunk driving. Nobody deserves to die because they had a couple of drinks and got behind the wheel. But if you do crash your car and die, that was a reasonably foreseeable outcome. So you can't say, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so shocked. He just had a couple of beers and got behind the wheel. Yeah, it, that's a reasonably foreseeable outcome. Just like this kid, they're driving around waving guns and, and stuff like that. And then running from a police officer with a firearm in your hand. That's a reasonably foreseeable outcome. I'm not saying he deserved to die. And I'll go so far as to say it's, it's sad and it's unfortunate, but it's still, it's reasonably foreseeable and people need to stop pretending that it's not, you know, and I want to add on to that because I think sometimes cops get like the shitty and some cops do have a shitty attitude about like, well, why are they saying it's sad? Blah, blah, blah. Because it is like, let's, let's be straight up. Anytime anybody loses their life, it's fucking sad. It's sad what people do to their lives. We have this golden opportunity. I don't want to go like too philosophical, but your parents had to fuck at the exact right time. And all these fucking things had to happen for you to be here. And it's very sad that you went out tragically. Okay. It's super sad. They're fucking kids. And it's sad that kids, and I hate to sound like a boomer, but they're fucking influenced so fucking poorly. So fucking poorly, like needlessly poorly. They have all these fucking false idols. And there's all kinds of things you can point to, right? Like to me, it's like a family thing. And I feel like you brought it up earlier is I should probably be specific who, but Ben brought it up earlier is there's no accountability at home, right? Like I feel like I'm a good parent, but you know what? I'm probably not perfect parent and I do my fucking best and I totally get parenting is a really fucking hard thing to do, but there's people that just fucking let their kids run wild and there's no structure and there's, there's no learning and there's no accountability and you have this, you have this. So one of the articles about um, Mr. K is he wasn't a bad person. He loved everybody. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. The, the police department said he was a validated gang member and he's had multiple touches with the criminal justice system. And the mom's retort to that was like, my son wasn't in a gang. Dude, it takes a lot to be documented as a gang member in one of these databases. Mm -hmm. Your son was in a gang, right? Uh, look, I don't know if I expect this lady to like get on a pedestal and apologize for her son's shitty behavior, but I think there has to be accountability on the parenting end. Like I know, and fuck, dude, I, <laughs> it, it's like scary to think about, but if my kid, he's 12 now, if you know he turns 18 and does some fucking heinous thing, I'm going to think it's my fault. I don't know about you guys. I know you guys are parents. I'm going to think it's my fucking fault that I didn't do enough. You never hear that. You never hear that on, yeah. on this type of shit is I didn't do enough. I wasn't there. And I'm not saying it's the parent's fault. Like everybody has um, free will, right? Yeah. It's, you know, you can be the best parent ever and have shitty kids. We, we've discussed that. The other thing that was brought up that I, I thought was interesting is he's like every child. He did the things and get and got caught by the police. Uh, little things kids do steal out of the gas station, run and take a bike. It's stuff like that. Now that's in the article. Yeah, it's in the articles. One yeah. of these articles. Look, I did some fucking stupid shit as a kid. I got in trouble with the law as a kid. 
Okay. But it was never like, I never got the message from my parents. Like, Oh, it's, you know, it's just the shit kids do. <laughs> like, well, it was, like, look, kids will get in trouble. And it's honestly, it's better to get in trouble as a kid. And think, Oh, this is fucked up. Yeah. People are going to make mistakes, but once you become an adult, the change is quite a bit, right? You don't want to go to big kid jail. Yeah. That was a speech I always gave to like 16 and 17 year olds when I was taking them, you know, the juvie for whatever is, Hey, look, you fucked up. It's okay. People fuck up, but you don't want to be a, I told them, you know, the whores of juvie and the actual bad kids that are there. And then the other thing is once you turn 18, there's no like the soft kid jail, right? Like you're going to real fucking jail and there's terrible people in there. Well, nobody goes to jail anymore. Well, yeah, that's that doesn't happen anymore. I mean, when people went to jail, I would tell them that. So I don't know that that's that's kind of my whole spiel on this yeah. whole thing. Well, the thing about the parents, um, I want to go back to Micaiah Bryant for a moment. You guys might not know the case as well as I do, but she was in foster care. She had been removed from her mother. Her mother was not allowed to visit this foster care facility because there were too many violent outbursts whenever she was there. The mother was paraded around the media like crazy talking about how this wasn't fair. This happened to her daughter and all this other stuff. It's like, this is pretty clearly you had, you had a very significant hand in what happened to your daughter here, mom. Like you need to stop playing the victim. Um, It is, it couldn't have been more clear. That was very irritating. And then there was also, when you talked about how kids will do what kids do, they brought that up in that case too. They're like, oh, well, kids, kids attack each other with knives all the time. It's Dude, that was the funniest deal. fucking yeah. I think I made a meme <laughs> about that fucking quote. I guarantee you did. Hilarious. Like, it's like, do you guys even realize the shit that's coming out of your mouth? Like, are you listening to yourselves right now? Um, that's the part that that's I, I can't wrap my head around. Well, I've said it on other podcasts. Like, I feel like sometimes I live on a different planet, like a completely different planet. Like what's okay in my mind. And there's a line in the sand is totally fucking cool and acceptable in other people's minds. And I'm not, not talking about like little things like feet pictures on OnlyFans. I'm talking about canis shit. I, yeah. I, I don't want to start another tangent, but yes. yes. <laughs> Can I go on a bit of a rant about this? I go for it, rants. buddy. All right. So a couple points. One is, and this is somewhat jaded of me, but I really wish that a lot of parents would care as much about their children before they get in trouble as they do after their children get shot while committing a violent felony. Like maybe if you cared a little earlier on, that would probably be helpful. Call me jaded. I'm okay with it. If we get Joe Rogan on this one, like we're basic, we're victim blaming, but I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So here's, here's the other problem that I would see all the time. And this was when I was a public defender. We would sit in court and we would watch, because everybody's heard the phrase, right, that this week's victim is last week's defendant, right? So we would see all the time that these bangers would come in and the parents would cry at the sentencing, talk about how wonderful their kid was, how they didn't deserve to die. And I agree, it's sad. That's something that has to start way before then in order to correct that problem. But these parents would come in and cry and act like their child was a saint. And I would always sit there and be like, I'm waiting for the first time that a kid is, or a young adult is out walking a group of nuns or orphans across the street. And that's when they get shot by somebody else or contacted by the police. 
that's never when it happens. It usually happens while they're out committing violent offenses or felonies. But we would see all these family members coming in crying about their, you know, great child who didn't deserve to die and on and on and on. And we would be sitting there because you'd see a lot of these people over the years and we would be thinking, huh, well, we all know that your child was charged with attempted murder before they got killed. Did you go and apologize to the family of the kid that your child tried to kill? Did you think that they were victims and that they didn't deserve to have that happen to them? And maybe you should have some empathy for them because of what your child did. How about we stop ignoring the bad facts in your life and the fact that you're kind of contributing to the problem? The other couple of brief points I'll make are I saw all the time as a parent and we're all parents, there is only so much you can do. You can take your kids up to a point and at some point they have to start making their own decisions and you can be the best parent in the world. You can't control every decision that your kid makes and that's terrible and I feel bad for parents all the time. I will say in fairness, I represented a lot of people who did really bad stuff and that were giant fuck ups where the parents were amazing people. One kid was a fuck up, constantly in trouble, always catching you like that catching felonies and the other kid was a freaking doctor right they both grew up in the same home with the same advantages and disadvantages one turns out fine the other one is a complete disaster some people are wired differently and there's only so much you can do but i wish we would have conversations and realize that those factors are in play and just because somebody sadly something happens to them there's there's also got to be some accountability, both from the parents and the activities of these grown ass adults who are making really bad decisions. And I feel bad for the cops who are put in that position and have to make a split second decision based on what other people are doing and that we as a society are now just excusing as if it's nothing. And it's just not. Like those discussions have to be had and it's not victim blaming. It's fucking accountability. Dude, accountability only counts towards one side of the equation. I think you need to learn that. No, dude, you, you are completely right. You, I mean, everything you said was completely fucking right. I, I can't disagree with any of that. It's just, it's just unfortunate that we can't have honest conversations about anything because if you try and say anything, like you counter somebody like, hey, well, what did you think about this? They'll just repeat something they saw on Reddit and go back to their original point. And you can't have honest conversations or you'll bring up a point and then they'll just share a bunch of news stories about some bad cops. I mean, it's, it's laughable at this point. And I just, uh, like we've said many times, or you've said many times in this podcast, Bob is it's all bullshit. It, nothing matters now, unless you guys had anything else to add to this, I wanted to transition to some more stuff. I, I think I'm good, Bob. I love you. That was weird. You need to slow down them drinks. You need to take it down <laughs> about 10 to 15% there, Squirrely Dan. You asked if there was anything I wanted to add. That's all I had. Oh, I love you too, buddy. Now, I wanted to transition to, and this kind of weirdly, oddly fits into our conversation. There apparently is this conflict, possibly a war um, on the other side of the planet. Some people are going to maybe steal my thunder on this because I've, I've seen some of the same shit coming out, but so we had the, uh, I'm going to use the best example I have right now is 
well here now here's where we're gonna start is i sent ben a meme about the ghost of kiev and he like instead of laughing at it and think it was funny because it was fucking funny he goes into this whole rant about like well it's propaganda and propaganda and it probably is but the meme um i i shared a couple days ago i'll share it again when i release this podcast is that it was that, funny but you caught me in a moment okay the what's that that Hezbula, I can't say his fucking name, but he's like a TikTok dude. He's like the he's it's like dwarfism or something. He's from Ukraine. He posts all kinds of fucking weird videos and they're funny, right? Uh, and it had him. He's the actual. He's the ghost of Kiev. Which, if you haven't heard about the ghost of Kiev, apparently it's a Ukraine fighter that's you know shot every Russian jet ever. But you know, you brought up the whole thing about propaganda, and and I'll give you the floor in just a second. But to be honest with you, since that time, there's been all this shit that's come out, and it's like, oh, that actually that that didn't happen. I'm to the point, I do not know what to fucking believe because everything we are told is fake. Like all of us, you know, as law enforcement, I've seen things, calls that I was involved in reported in the news. And I'm like, that's not what happened. We can make arguments about all the COVID stuff. Like, you know, maybe this wasn't true or maybe this wasn't true. Now we're going to start believing the news. And then here's the best part is people have found these Instagram pages and these social media pages. that are fucking randos and we're going to believe the shit they post. It's all fake. It's all made up. I don't know what the fuck is happening. Ben, you have the floor. Oh, gosh. Um, oh, man, you you put me on the spot. So <laughs> as far as this stuff goes, I, I mean, I have a sense of humor to a, an extent, but most of what I spend my time on is being overly serious and overly critical. Um, and when I started seeing this stuff out of Ukraine, I was instantly skeptical for one. I I've, I spent three years in a war zone. Um, I was part of the invasion into Iraq. I don't know if you knew that part. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah. I've been around and I've seen, well, and I also, I've studied the Soviet union and the, the propaganda that came out and kind of like the hero worship and how they would take some guy and put him up on a pedestal and build statues of him and all that. And you, you can tell when you read into the stories, how it basically that's impossible to have happened. And that's what I saw with the, the ghost of Kiev, which if you um, it's, it's basically been nearly proven that it's not real um, at this point. There's a, a guy named CW Lemoyne on uh, YouTube. He's a former Navy pilot. Uh, Navy fighter pilot. He did a video with like a live stream yesterday with one of his buddies and they pretty wholeheartedly debunked this um, from the capabilities of the aircraft to the intelligence apparatus that you would need in the sky in order to achieve this. Um, it's, it's basically just not attainable. And it's, it frustrates me that so many people bought into it um, along with some of the stuff like what's the the boxer is it uh i don't i don't remember he was like a heavyweight champion in the world he's from there he's like the mayor of that town um forget his name but there's pictures of him like holding machine guns he's saying that he's there defending his people and there's pictures of the president holding an ak walking around with the troops and all these people are saying yeah these guys are out there on the line killing russians and no they're not like they're the president don't don't get me wrong. He's doing a lot of great things, putting his face out there, being defiant and encouraging his people. 
I a hundred percent support those efforts. Um, but this, these fake heroes, we need to be very careful about that because there's a strong possibility that any day now Ukraine might completely crumble without serious intervention from the international community. And people are going to be so heartbroken at, because they're going to be like, wait a minute, I thought they were winning. How, how can it be over? That's the part that I'm just like, when I started to see some of these things, I instantly kind of called BS on them because I don't want people to have the wrong impression. Although while we were speaking tonight, I did get a Twitter alert that I didn't read fully, but it did say that uh, the UN or somebody is closing the airspace over Ukraine. So that's a very, that's a positive thing. That means that we're starting to intervene and, Hopefully this will be over soon to go into more into like some of the, like the fake shit or like, you know, so you had the one, it was like the model or, or whoever. I don't yeah. remember. Did you see that one? And I did. You know, she's on, she's on the line fighting, but like her, you know, her eyebrows are dead and she's like holding the BB gun or whatever yeah, it was. Absolutely beautiful, stunning woman. Yeah, she is. Dude. I, I'm going to be honest. Like those Ukrainian women are fucking gorgeous, man. Every single one I've seen on TV. Wait till they're older. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm going to have to cut that out. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I was saying, I, I was having this conversation with a buddy the other day that when I think of a Russian woman and a Ukrainian woman and all these Eastern Bloc women, I think of James Bond movies when I was a kid. And I think of these blondes, tall, you know, amazing looking women. But if you talk to a lot of like Russian people or people from those countries, uh, and an old like a, a mother going on grandmother uh russian woman is a uh, short stouty round with like hairy warts um those are like the the stereotypes that those people have not that i have so that's why I'm i say trans- wait till she's older okay i thought you were making a, another joke and it's like no. Ooh, ooh. no now the other thing so there was a video of the tank running over the car somebody I've seen places where guys are like, that was actually a Ukrainian tank and he lost control in that. I don't know. I don't know either way if that's true or not, but I'm just saying like, that's kind of the shit. And I be honest, like we're more a part of this war than we think because there's being propaganda from both sides that are on social media. And I would say Ukraine, like if you're talking the social media part of the war, Oh, they're fucking killing it. Mm-hmm. They're killing it. I mean, the other thing was the Island, right? Where, the heroic, you know, the gunship tells them to get up and they tell them to go fuck themselves. Great fucking story. And, you know, they're all dead. And now, well, they're all they're all alive. Yeah. Fuck. Like, you know, like I even shared some. It's just it's crazy. And then let's be real. Like, it's so easy you know, going back to the media to, to lie to the public. There, There's like not even work to be done. You just fucking say it. And it's it's fact or anybody who throws anything on social media. And that's Ah, boys, I think that's a dangerous times we're living in for. I heard this morning that the reason the ghost of Kiev became viral, uh, there's a guy, he's a gamer, the the Scottish koala. Is that the guy? I'm pretty sure I've seen some of his videos in the past. Um, He he put a thing on Twitter. He was the one that shared it, made it go viral. And he was like, guys, I'm sorry. It was four in the morning. I was a little bit drunk. I saw something I thought was cool. So I shared it. And that's, that's something also that I, I can tell you what the meme Lord has a, uh, a lot of responsibility because if the meme, meme Lord sees something like that and shares it, it can go viral. And you're going to be like, I'm, but a simple meme Lord. 
I'm trying really hard, although this podcast is a fucking terrible example of it. I'm really trying hard to get back to just cheeky and fun shenanigans, not evil shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I try not, and I, everybody's guilty of it, right? Like somebody sees something, they're like, they, you know, you feel helpless. You want to help. You want to do something like I, I'm not perfect. Like I'll probably share something. I'm, I don't know. Well, not in this case. I'm, I'm fucking like, I ain't involved. You know, which is a fucking weird thing to say, but like, I'm just kind of, I'm sitting out and watching the, you know, from the sidelines. I made the one meme about, you know, watching, you know, World War Three via memes, right? That, and that's kind of what it is. And dude, I didn't realize that Ukraine like posts memes from their fucking Twitter account. Like they posted one like with a headache and, you know, when Russia is your neighbor before the invasion, what a fucking world we live in. Oh, it's insane. Like I, if it wasn't happening, and you told me it was going to happen, I wouldn't believe you. Yeah, it's it, it doesn't even make sense. I mean, as we're recording the State of the Unions on, which I, I give like little fuck to, <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, out of every State of the Union, there has been some great fucking memes, so I can't wait to see what comes out of that. Now, uh, Bob, you've been a little silent during this portion. Do you have any thoughts on World War Three? Two things. One, as somebody who is in a temperature-controlled law school drinking coffee when 9-11 happened, um, who's never really done anything, Ben and I pretty much have the same experience, so I concur (laughs) with everything that he said brilliantly, um, given my extensive background in foreign affairs and combat. That's sarcasm in case anybody's going to send me hate mail because clearly far more experienced than I am. Yeah. So the second thing I will just say is if you are getting all of your news from social media, that's your fucking problem. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I've seen some reputable pages like promoting other pages where I'm like, guys, I mean, that's not a news source. But then the question is, is who is? Who is yeah. a decent news, news source now? And I, I don't have a good answer to that. <sighs> um, well, and I would I would just add, I guess, that and you've talked about this recently on other podcasts, right? We all fall victim to buying into whatever our side says. And you've talked about that with pro-police stuff and people not questioning that. Here's what I would just encourage everybody to do. Regardless of the source, you were blessed with your own brain for a reason. Be skeptical of everything, not to the point to automatically dismissing it, but at least question it. Look at the facts, perform your own analysis, use your brain, and come to your own conclusions and stop being robots who only hear one side of the conversation. That was a little preachy. Sorry, that's my little blurb. No, I like that. And I think the other thing, and and this is kind of, I heard this in a training class and I thought it was kind of cringe at the time, but I guess the context, but then I thought about it is you have to be aware of your own personal biases, right? Like I think all of us, it's a safe assumption. Like we see something in the news about the police, our bias is going to be, well, it's, it's probably slanted towards a cop. And I guess I was thinking about this the other day is baseball, right? Play at the play at first tie goes with the runner, right? I think everybody's bias kind of operates that way. Well, we're going to go ahead and call it this side. Be aware that you do have a fucking bias, whatever that is, right? You could be some person listening to this and you're like, fuck the cops. You have a bias. 
right? We all have a bias. And I think it's, you have to recognize that sometimes that can kind of get in the way and you have to kind of think about things clear headedly without making, without jumping to conclusions, which a lot of these fucking fake news sources do. And it, it's also along those lines, it's really hard to step out of step outside of yourself and look back at yourself and realize, you know, I think I'm, I'm acting on my bias there, which it's, that's the topic for a whole nother day because people think that police officers don't understand what bias is. Clearly we, we have a concept of it, but I, if I could say something in defense of people that kind of fall for this stuff, because I, I sound like I'm overly critical sometimes and it's cause I'm, I'm an asshole and it's what I do. But, um, I, when I was in Iraq on my first tour, I'll tell the short version. I've got the long story out there on YouTube on my channel. But I was walking along with my interpreter who was an electrical engineer. Um, I don't know. Does that require a master's degree? Um, but he went, he was an Iraqi citizen, went to London to train. So he went to college in a Western nation, went back to Iraq, became an electrical engineer. When we went, when we got there, we needed interpreters. So that's what he did because he spoke English. We're on patrol and he sees me looking and scanning buildings like I do. And he asked if he could borrow my sunglasses. I was like, that's a strange request. I'm like, you, you're, you're, you're from here. Your, your eyes should be adjusted to this. And why don't you have your own fucking sunglasses? But I'm a nice guy. At least I pretend to be sometimes. So I gave him my sunglasses. He's, he looks up at the buildings like haphazardly. And then he takes them off with this dirty look on his face. Just disappointed his all get out and gives me my, my $20 sunglasses back. Actually, this was in 2003. They were probably 1450. And, uh, Inflation is a bitch. It is. And uh, God, that was almost 20 years ago. I'm old. Um, so he hands them back to me and I, I literally laughed. I go, what's wrong with my sunglasses, man? Like, you got a problem with me? And that's when he told me, he's like, no, he's like, we were told it was broadcast all over the television, and everything that you guys had x-ray glasses and that we had to hide all of our women because you guys were going to come and you're going to look through their clothes and you're going to see all of our women naked and that's like a stain upon our families or whatever. This guy wasn't dumb. He was very smart and he completely bought into this propaganda. So yeah, people are going to fall for it, but just try not to. That's all I'm saying. And if you did suck it up, move on, you know, don't, don't beat yourself up over it and don't get mad at people for pointing it out. Um, it is what it is. So those are my two thoughts, two cents on that subject. Okay. This is, probably not the direction the podcast should go but we're going to go here let's be real if you had to ask any guy what their superpower would be it'd be to have x-ray vision right no come on really bob yeah. x-ray vision is so low on the list what the hell can you do with it besides i can tell get... you exactly what you can do with it. <laughs> <laughs> well you're talking pre-internet Oh, that I mean, that's true. The, I mean, the internet, like, there's nothing left to your imagination anymore. Mm -mm. Even when you're not trying to see it, you do. Yeah. What, what do you think, Bob? What do, what do you think? What would be your superpower if you could pick super boners? <laughs> Dude, you are you're fucking hammered. <laughs> you know what's fucking crazy is like you've gone on these like amazing, like well spoken rants, and then all of a sudden, I love you, boners. I got up at 4 a.m. I am freaking toast. But also, we can't all be serious all the time. That's I true. always wanted to be invisible. If it came down to it, I would take invisibility 
over x-ray vision okay you know what i'll i will agree with that because invisibility you have so many more yeah you're good on that one okay i, I concede well i guess we never got to it so then there's what your, would be your answer yeah there you go not super i i mean like i could go for a super boner i mean like you know what i'm saying like yeah anyway um ben go for a super boner i'll give you one <laughs> set myself up there boys <laughs> Uh, I love this. Like we just can't cross the streams, or we can. Yeah, intellectual conversation followed by super boners. God, I want to yes. name the podcast Super Boners now. That would be so good. People would be so confused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, what would your superpower be then, Ben? I I'm pretty. If boring. that's your real name, by the way, it 100 percent is. Yeah. For that guy that listens, and I had to block from my Facebook page. Um. I super strength. I kind of, I'm kind of a basic guy. I'll be super strong, but that comes. Well, with... you already have that though. No. How much, how much are you? Uh, how much do you squat? Uh, a little over 500. Yeah. I'm going to try and ask that every single podcast. I don't know if you've caught that yet. <laughs> like, yeah, you're I... wasting that superpower, bro. You're good. Yeah. No, because with super strength comes super boners that I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> super strength covers it all. It 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 covers a lot. Yeah, a lot of ground. I mean, you know, Captain America. Yeah. Super strength. Like uh, apparently he had a super boner too. Uh, that leaked out on the internet. Then <laughs> dude, he totally got away with that, by the way. <laughs> Captain America's fucking dick was on the internet and like that went away in like 30 seconds. Really? The actor or the character? What the fuck kind of question is that? The actor, obviously. What do you think no. like No, because in the comic books, they will have these like side things that are only part of a certain run. And shit like that will be in there. Oh man, I I play Little League. I didn't fucking read comics, but I didn't. But I watch YouTube. Well, you do spend a lot of time on YouTube. No, Chris <laughs> Evans's fucking wiener was on. He accidentally tweeted it out like his camera roll and his fucking addiction. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. What an idiot. Yeah, I mean it, but it was like scrubbed. It's the wallpaper on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Super boners. <laughs> Is that weird? Did I just say that out loud? yeah it's like the the b-rated version of uh the movies when he's like that is america's ass (laughs) that is america's cock (laughs) yeah oh god i think i downloaded the wrong movie (laughs) 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 oh boy well boys uh this has been a good enlightening chat we uh went from very serious conversation the super boners does anybody uh I'll start with you, Ben. Do you have anything you want to say before I uh, turn this fucking thing off? Uh, no, not before you turn the thing off. Maybe after. Oh, yeah. Bob, do you have anything you want to tell all the people? Something weird, probably. So I told you this offline, but I just think it's hilarious. I got a call out of the blue or a text from my brother is also a cop. And he stumbled across your podcast. And I never told him that I been on it i got a text message out of the blue where he's like you dick is that you on a podcast (laughs) um so just wanted to give a shout out what up bro i know you're listening in the patrol car so stay warm look at you what a lovely moment all right well uh if you still want to listen to this podcast after this episode a couple ways you can support me so i can fucking keep doing it so we don't get a job so i don't get a job these guys have jobs they're actual human beings they don't fucking live in the basement um Click on the little link at the end of the podcast. You can donate money to me every single month. Keeps the uh, candles lit down here in the sex dungeon. Buy some t-shirts, especially after that great fucking advertisement. I guarantee you're going to buy some t-shirts. I, I don't know how you wouldn't buy t-shirts. 
And of course, take care of the fine, fine sponsors of the podcast. With that said, remember, everything's fucking bullshit. And I love most of you. Goodbye.